Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Screen Talk, IndieWire's weekly podcast. I'm Eric Cohn, the executive editor and vice president. And I have to tell you, I've had a lot of fun and insightful guests on this podcast the last few weeks, but none more exciting than my usual sparring partner, Ann Thompson. And I am so thrilled to welcome her back to the fray. Ann, how are you doing? What have you been doing? What have you been seeing? Let's get into it. Start interrupting me now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got to interrupt you as much as possible. Um, I enjoyed listening to the podcast uh, while I was out and about. You? Um, so I had this extraordinary thing happen where I had to have an operation, some surgery. Um, I got like eight weeks off. I didn't have to work. I didn't have to do anything <laughs> except recover and, you know, hang out with my friends and watch movies. And I did go to a lot of films. There's a lot of screenings here, but I missed the festivals, which was, a, you know, I hate that. I, I was sad to miss it, but I watched from afar and I tracked everything. I, I stayed on Twitter. I did not remove myself. <laughs> I from, urge you to take a fray. break for the record. I, know, I couldn't help myself. I couldn't do it. I stayed up. I stayed, uh, you know, on top of my emails it's just the way i am i'm i'm very unstoppable uh, weird but um you know that that uh seeing the movies and screenings isn't the same as seeing them at festivals so i missed seeing everyone and hanging out and do all the conversation and everything but what i really missed was seeing movies with audiences so yeah. that's what i that's what i missed so, so and you were so missed i mean walking around telluride you realize how close knit and intimate these events are and that experience of immediately leaving movies and then going to events and the, the real time experience is very much wedded to the kind of personalities, you know, in that environment. I mean, everybody wanted to know where you were because your voice was missing. So we got a lot of stuff to make up for in terms of missed time here. So, um, so I basically got to go to a lot of different screenings and, and I have caught up to a degree and I'm looking at the whole Oscar landscape and I'm back and I'm going to be writing my columns and, and, you know, updating the predicts and all that kind of stuff. And thank you for what you and Marcus Jones and Kate Urbland and Ryan Latanzio and the whole team did while I was gone. You filled in. You really did a great job. And I, I it takes like four that. to five people to fill one Thompson size <laughs> hole, apparently. So. Yeah. So, so one, you know, one big uh, takeaway for me is that there's, there's the New York Film Festival especially feels like it's had a big role this year as I'm watching, you know, they've really gotten very good at amplifying all of their uh, Q and A's and all their takeaways and their little bites and all the different, uh, they're very good at sort of presenting themselves on social media and, and making a fuss and making a buzz ab about their films. And so certain films have broken out there and certain films have not. Um, and I think it's interesting to see the films that have, gone um, mainstream is is the question because new york film festival is the art house world right this and, past and, week scorsese went out on stage and, and had yeah, a whole rant about yeah, that new york film festival not having awards all that stuff 
So it's like you don't get a boost from in New York Film Festival from say winning an audience prize like you do at TIFF or something like that. It's it's more of this organic thing and the social media response and the critics and so forth. So it's it's fascinating to see that contrast for sure. But it's easy, and I think this happens to to you guys in New York a lot. It's it's easy to get. Um, you know, wooed and swayed by, Swept up. by the love, you know? And so, and so I, I know that Tar and Banshees of Sharon are the two best movies that have come out in the fall. I get that. They're fabulous. They're both extraordinary. And they're, and Tar got an actual real specialized release in, you know, and it worked. And uh, Triangle of Sadness, the Cannes film that we love so much, the, the hilarious movie from Ruben Ostland also, has come out ahead and both those movies their last their last festival stops were new york film festival i mean tar literally was like hit venice got the little boost from telluride the kate blanchett tribute worked around tiff then like reignited buzz at new york film festival literally days before it came out so you see that synergy really clearly so both of those films are going to do really, really well um, in the long term, even if Richard Brody wants to go after uh, Tar. I enjoy He's that. entitled, enjoy by that the way. kind of back and forth. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was actually hilarious to me because it was like all of these things I disagreed with, but I really enjoyed the way he wrote them and almost felt like an extension of the movie itself, I you know, dealing with criticism. I the filmmaker had the, the point of view that Brody was presenting at all. I really disagreed with it. Todd, well, I, I, I thought... Todd the, Field the, is critical of her behavior. There's no question in my mind. Yeah, I mean, and also at the same time, I think there is an element of resentment towards, if not cancel culture in those terms, like the, sen the cultural sensitivities, the lack of black and white. The movie just wades into those paradoxes really well. It doesn't necessarily take a side. But we'll have to keep arguing about that one because it, it's going to chug along, right? I mean, Tar is going to do just fine. We're not worried about Tar, but critics' movie. It's on, you know. But here's the thing: it's the it's the old divide we've talked about in the past. The Fablemans, which did so well at TIFF and won the Audience Award, which is often, yeah. you know, indicative of a Best Picture nomination, if not a win. Um, the Fablemans is Steven Spielberg's mainstream play here, and it could be the one that unites all the voters in the Academy and brings everyone around, even if it isn't the best movie of the year. It it, it could end up being the it's best not the best winner. It's not the best movie of the year, but it but it certainly felt coming out of TIFF like it was the movie that you could find a lot of consensus on. It's very accessible. It's a, uh, it's Spielberg's story and everybody loves Spielberg. And it's about the art of the movies in a way that, you know, Empire of Light was too, but what not as successfully. But I also, I wonder when you say, you know, that it's his mainstream movie, is it, is it commercial just because it's Spielberg? I mean, does this movie actually do well in theaters? I'm not so sure about know. that. I think that the Fablemans is a great big fat question mark because it's such a strange movie. It is a strange movie. It There's never been a movie like it before. No. <laughs> and, and if you looked at Roma, you, you could say that Quaron at least was taking on a lot of other subjects. Um, you know, the, the class warfare, uh, all the stuff that was going on in Mexico at that time. It wasn't just about his family. And, and this movie is really about the origin myth of Steven Spielberg and his, yeah. his parents. And it's really about him. It's, it's, it's not about anything else. No. And it's about the, 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 the clash of, 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 you know, the artist versus, you know, the support that he got from one parent or, or the other. You know, one but, thing I keep thinking about, though, is it's like we have very clear narratives for movies now that 
could kind of get played out after a while. I mean, Fableman's risks peaking early. Are people going to be sick of talking about the beloved Spielberg story after another six weeks, seven weeks, eight weeks, after it closes AFI, and then we have many months to go before the Oscars themselves? Well, where we are now is coming out of the festivals. There's, there's a, Well, there's also a long list of movies that are um, not doing well you know, that are fading from, from view. Blonde, right. We can scratch Empire the blonde White, off the list. White yeah. noise till don't worry, darling, my policeman, uh, 13, uh, lives, uh, you know, causeway the sun. These are films that are not going to happen. Although some of those I like for the record, I thought causeway very I'm solid high on them. Uh, it's just my sense that they haven't got the kind of momentum that they're going to need to, to go all the way. I mean, is Olivia Coleman really going to get nominated? I don't know. There is this perception, I think, that in, that she just like can tie her shoes and get nominated for an Oscar now. But to some extent, the movie has category. to be good. It's very competitive now, especially with the, You know, you have everyone from Kate or Blanchett to Michelle Yeoh and everything everywhere, and then you have Danielle Deadweiler and Till, who's seen sure as big. Make it, but but if you have one breakout kind of younger discovery, perhaps that's the one that has momentum. Well, I mean, Karen we have Mulligan in She Said is another possibility. Yeah, you know, we can talk about that. I mean, I just saw that film. Is certainly if if they if they push her in that category. I mean, the movie is sort of evenly divided between her and Zoe Kazan. You also have the women talking question, where we expect what Rooney Mara. Mara is supposed to get in there. Yeah, right. They, they keep saying that she's going to be lead, and she does dominate that ensemble. And I think she, it's the one of the best performances she's ever given. Hundred percent. She's extraordinary Very good. in this. Very so good. I hope she gets. I hope she gets in there. And I think that it's fine to have Michelle Williams in Best Actress as well. I think she's extraordinary in Fablemans. the The question about Fablemans is is you're right about longevity. The critics are not going to be all over it. It's not going to be something that the critics groups are going to be supporting. And it's not, it, it, it's, it, it is a strange, it is a strange movie that could go either way, but it is well, accessible to people. Critics it is a don't, mainstream movie. Critics are, are pro Spielberg. I mean, remember West Side Story won like best cinematography. I mean, Spielberg has, is, is often embraced by critics. The question is, is this the movie that stands the best shot at some sort of consensus from critics groups. Tar is the kind of movie that critics want to rally behind. Go for that yeah, Stableman's doesn't think, inspire I that. I actually think that Banshees of Sharon is a, a very, very strong stealth candidate yeah. because it's 100%. writing and directing and acting. It's everything. I and just it's moderated so a, good and it's so powerful and so I, different from anything else. 100%. I moderated a conversation with Martin McDonough in the Hamptons Film Festival over the weekend, which, as you know, is, is has a bunch of, you know, well-to-do academy members who have houses out there and a lot of them were in the audience and you could feel the the fandom like people really like him as a writer director and so there is something there plus if you look at the late night appearances that brendan gleason and colin farrell oh, are hilarious. doing they're hilarious. great together no, they, they're great they're, together they're a team and and but it's about something also and there's a moment in it that is so moving that made me cry. I mean, that's the thing. It has all of those elements. Tar is a is an art film. It's arcane. It's it's. Uh, <laughs> There's it's that very, word. Very rare. Uh oh, that's a yeah. cursed word right there. I know. 
but (laughs) But you know the other thing about banshees that we should talk about is colin farrell who is very if you look at the clips that are out of that that movie you see the performance there right actor so there we go because brendan fraser is uh all over the place for the whale but the whale is one of those movies like till that where the the actor is getting incredible reviews uh, Daniel Deadweiler is extraordinary until there's no question she's not fantastic in it, but the movie itself is getting mixed reviews and mixed right. word of mouth, and and so is the whale. Well, the whale is playing all over the place, right? It goes from Venice where it gets this huge teary. I would say before it's like Brendan Fraser's on like a crying tour. You know, he cried at Venice. He cried at TIFF when he got an award there, and then he cried well, at London. Cover a variety, right? So and it, it is he's doing a good job of playing that role while not disowning the kind of mainstream role that he's known for. But it, again, it is a question of, well, how long can he keep that narrative going before people get kind of tired of it when the movie itself is not as widely embraced? And that's right. um, it's, a, it's a real open question. I actually agree with that. But I will say that this is, this falls in the category of um, uh, Charlize Theron and uh, uh the uh, darkest hour with uh, Winston Churchill and Gary Oldman. The, you know, it's the the wedding of the uh, makeup and the performance in this kind of stunt thing that the actors find irresistible. You know, they're, yeah, but they they're also not, they're not going to resist this. They're going to. They also they have to convince people that it's not just a stunt, right? That it's yes, he was wearing the fat suit, but the fat suit was not the performance. Essentially, I mean, the the jowls became a real punchline with the Gary Oldman thing but uh right. people did no, get I'm, past I'm gonna it. bet that that he gets through I mean one of the one of the question marks that I have now I mean I was so confident earlier uh coming out of the festivals Bill Nye in Living I just think Living is one of the great movies that has come out this year and Sony Pictures Classic still has some work to do to get that uh, out there and, and they really need to, to the Academy will respond I would say you know if Brendan Gleeson can get momentum off of the mummy then they really should be playing up um, Bill Nye yeah I know <laughs> I mean get, it's like every, people like that movie He's going to get some friends. So. He's going to get there. Uh, so, so the other mainstream movies that are that are going to hang in there are Top Gun, obviously, Maverick, uh, which I think will be a Best Picture contender and get a lot of other crafty stuff. Elvis, I still think, is in the running. Even Austin Butler may still be in the running. These are things, this is the kind of stuff the Academy responds to, and we shouldn't forget about it. And then Woman King has done very well at the box office. Viola Davis is going to get nominated for that extraordinary uh, bulking up transformative performance. Yes, yeah, that was another also stealth. Very emotional. Another um, stealth tiff win in a way. It's, it wasn't a, you know, a uniform crowd pleaser the way that Fableman's ended up being, but it was very well liked as sort of like a different sort of action film than we've seen before in a way, an action war film. Based on history. Source. And, and they, I think they got through the debate about how much of the history they dealt with. I think they got through that. All right. Um, so I, I think, I think that that is going to uh, resonate uh, and stick around for a while, but I want to, she said, is she said going to be a, a, a player? It's a mainstream movie. Well, right? yeah, as we're talking now, reviews haven't broke yet and they will by the time people hear this, but I'm, I'm very curious 
curious to hear more critical responses to it. I thought it was very well directed by Maria Schrader, who did Unorthodox, and um, in some ways more satisfying than Spotlight in terms of how it captures the nuances of reporting. In that sense, it's it's very successful because you and I and a lot of other people know exactly what to expect from this movie. It's not going to tell you some aspect of how this story was reported that you probably didn't already know. Um, Zoe Kazan... And Carrie Mulligan, obviously very strong in these roles. There are moments where, you know, you hear Rose McGowan's voice on the phone or, or certain other lines of dialogue that are almost like too obvious in a way that kind of took me out of it. But overall, I think it's a very strong piece of filmmaking. It's not, you know, arty the way the assistant was or something like that. It's very accessible. I don't know if that means people are going to rally behind it or if they're just going to respect it. Um, but but I think, you know, get screenplay if it gets some performances and sure, it could be a best picture contender. Why not? It's important for Hollywood and people want to rally behind that story and, and show their solidarity, et cetera, especially while Harvey's on trial in L.A. The same time this movie's premiering at New York Film Festival. I mean, this is such recent history. Well, I'll, so, see, it. I'll see it tomorrow morning and, and I will uh, I will weigh in next next week on that. But um, no, there's plenty to work with. There's plenty going on. Um, we'll talk to me about it. RRR, though, because that was um, when we did our favorite movies of the year so far. You, you, that was your number one. And you got a chance to see it again. I on went a big to this screen. extraordinary screening, uh, which I have to say is one of the most memorable uh, screenings I've ever attended. <laughs> it it looked like the it. Chinese. It was a packed theater, 900 people in there. And they were just cheering and dancing and throwing balloons around. And that's crazy. And the, the way that he that um, Rajamuli, you know, presents his his heroes, you know, when they present on the screen, each one of those extraordinary um, sequences where they're swinging over the bridge and, and you know, all of that, the, the fire and the incredible animals coming out of the wagon and all the crazy shit they do. It's, it's, it's the response of the audience was just so extraordinary. And I saw and, some clips in the yeah. dancing. They like rushed the stage, right? Yeah. To, for the big, yeah. that's the, so yeah. people should do that at other movies too. I mean, it's the so life the question, it's having is great. So the question with that, of course, it wasn't submitted by by India, and there are all kinds of complicated, um, as you've written uh, several times, uh, political reasons for why it never got submitted by India. Yeah. But uh, I still maintain it would have done very well if it had been submitted. But it is... Um, it could be a Best Picture contender. The likelihood that it's a VFX contender is slim, even if it's very innovative and really fabulous to look at and fun. It isn't uh, necessarily going to meet the standards of because VFX branch. Well, it's it's, an, it's Indian VFX workers who are who are outside of that community, perhaps, and also it's like when you have the CGI tiger or whatever, it's fun. It's almost cartoony in a way, it's but maybe they think it's it too artificial. Be what they, you know, exactly yeah, but if he gets in for director or something or screenplay, it would be really be cool. Really the cool. Other, I mean, you know, I, the other outsider movie that we're still we're all sort of watching with interest is, of course, Everything Everywhere at, at Once, which has to. Uh, a lot of uh, Academy members are catching up with it. They're seeing it now. There, there's yeah. a big screening campaign, which is, of course, what they have to do. I think yeah. Michelle Yeoh will be fine. She'll she'll get in. She could be the front runner for all we know. Although Kate Blanchett is probably right. She's been up and down. I mean, she got that Tiff Gala tribute alongside Brendan Fraser, but she's then Car came along. Movies, you know, she's right, hot. Right. She's hot right now. And the Daniels are sort of gradually being 
being reintroduced. So they were actually in the Hamptons while I was there. And I heard from various people who went to a conversation with them, how, how much they enjoyed hearing from them, how much they loved that movie. So you could kind of start to see it reestablishing itself, which is fascinating. I mean, I haven't seen that movie since it opened South by Southwest. It's, it's just such a wild film. It's amazing to me that it inspires this kind of excitement. Like I want to hear what Spielberg thinks about it. I want I'm, I'm amazed at the Hollywood establishment is into this this really weird, ambitious, well, and we low-budget movie. We don't know how many of them are. I mean, some of them are. It's a question, and some of it is we're question, being tricked into seeing this that. Is, this is where I want the Academy, you know, to kind of get off their high horse and, and you know, look at filmmaking without having to make it uh, highbrow. You know, it doesn't have to yeah. be high quality. You know, this is a scruffy movie. This is an inventive movie. This is not a movie that's that was made for um, high art. And and they've got to be able to embrace that. And they don't all do that. That's and I hear you're a fan of Bones and All, which is exciting. I enjoyed it, Bones too. And all is like my fa one of my favorite movies of the year. But that doesn't mean it's an Oscar contender <laughs> because it's about cannibalism and it's very, very intense. I loved it. It's, uh, it's a perfect movie. It is one of the most uh, well-directed, well-written, well-acted movies of the year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I also think it's not as gnarly as people probably expect i mean yes there is like one moment at the beginning involving a finger that tells you oh yeah we're watching a, a movie about cannibals like strap yourselves in and i think from that point forward it's never quite as shocking it, it doesn't go there are moments when he cuts away to things that could have been much more grotesque i mean he's it's a very poetic film. he's not going for, he's no. telling a story what i love about the movie is that he's giving you these characters and putting them through what they're trying to do to survive and to love and to uh endure they're there it's all from their point of view and and we have to understand what they're going through and that's what the story is and it's he it, it could have gone off the rails in so many ways it's a it's a road movie it's moving around it is tight it is well edited. It is really pitch perfect. I love this movie. It's a good movie. And, and compared to what uh, Guadagnino did with uh, Suspiria, it's um, it's a, a different approach to the horror genre that I think actually is, is warmer, opens it up to more people. I mean, it's not really horror, but it's playing off of that. And let's not forget about Mark Rylance, too. That is an ambitious Mark Rylance performance as a really creepy guy. Did not know he was willing to go there. So Michael Stolbar got in there too. Yeah. Oh my God. Michael Stolbar and David Gordon Green have a scene together where like the whole time I was, was very, very distracted. It was, it was, That's but I was totally, I was totally distracted by the fact that it was those two guys. So I need to see that movie again, expecting that. Um, and then we also talked about Armageddon time way back at Cannes, and that's been reintroduced a bunch, including this past week in New York yeah, Film no, Festival. It just broke, it just broke so. again at NY. I knew it would play well at the New York Film Festival, and James Gray is very much of a New York boy, and it's a New York story. And I think the actors are extraordinary in this, you know? And so Anthony Hopkins isn't campaigning, even though I think he is the heart of this movie. He's actually very moving in it. Anne Hathaway is very good as the mother. And and Jeremy Strong is very good as the father. And I think those two are going to uh, make some moves in the uh, awards race as for this film. It, I think it deserves screenplay. I think that would be a great nomination for it. I don't think it's going to get a lot of traction uh, in the long haul. It's, there's something quiet about this film. 
And there's a there's a couple quieter movies. I mean, The Inspection, which is closing New York Film Festival Wonderful this film. week. I love yeah, this film. That's, Jeremy that's Pope a great... should be in the, in the best actor. Yeah, exactly. And and hopefully he does, because otherwise I think that category Good has story. some issues with uh, diversity. But yeah. I, I I mean, it not, that's not the reason he should be nominated. He should be nominated because it's a great performance. It is. Uh, and Gabrielle Union is amazing in the movie as his mother. doesn't have enough screen time. I think she's great. But it's a very memorable turn when she does have screen time. And, and Elegance Bratton, the writer-director, who based it on his own experience being a black gay man in the military. I mean, that's a great breakout story. So I bet we're going to hear more and more of that after the New York Film Festival screening kind of bumps it up a little bit more. It's the closing nighter. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, and then next week we'll have a bunch of other stuff to talk about because of course you'll have seen She Said. You've got some other stuff to catch up on. I know you got to see Bardo, probably some other things. Uh, I, I know I have close. a bunch of things. I'm seeing that. Oh tonight. boy. So we are going to dig into international we'll get into, next to international, week. which you were running around uh, covering while I was gone. And then we will uh, get into docs as well. Um, a lot to discuss. Lot to catch up on. Well, Anne, I am thrilled to have you back, as I said, and I am even more excited to get into this stuff with you next week. Good so welcome you, back and I'll see you face. soon. All Indeed, right. you too. Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.